Let's go, y'all. The Back Row Raiders Show. Brought to you by Back Row Network. Yes, sir. Town business. Episode number four, coming at you live from the lab. The Network One, also known as Reggie. That's right, that's right. This is a Las Vegas podcast with a little Oakland flavor on it. We are do- pulling this off from Oakland, California, representing them Raiders. I hope everybody's being safe out there and um, uh, practicing social distancing during these times, man. We can't reinstall 2020. We just got to make the best out of it. I'm bringing you some scheduling news. We're going to talk about some roster configuration and my comparison to the one and only Josh Jacobs. I hope you guys, once again, just being safe out there. And I want you guys to take the time out to check out the Back Row Network. We are bringing to you 13, 13 different podcasts covering 13 different teams. And we would like to join, like to have you join us on our journey. If you would like to represent one of the available teams, please reach out to the Back Row Show Network over on Twitter. The description and the link is in the title let's go now to start off um you guys are going to hear a bunch of repetitive things because you guys if you guys are here checking out this podcast you guys listen to other podcasts if you are diehard fanatics of raider nation you listen to other podcasts so um being that the iron isn't actually hot on the schedule you're going to hear a lot of things um repeated that you've heard before on other podcasts now albeit you're not going to have the spin that we put it on here at the Back Row Raiders show. You know what I mean? You feels me? We bring you a little bit of this town Bay Area business flavor on this podcast. So let's get into it. Let's deep in, dig in a little bit to the schedule. And I've talked to various Raider fans over the last couple of weeks and had to explain some of the things I I despise about the Raiders. And it dates back to the history and the ownership prior to the uh, owner today. Um, Al Davis did some monumental things, and this mystique is real. But because of his actions, I believe the Raiders have been the the poster boy for uh, penalties and all kind of things, unnecessary, difficult schedules. The Raiders had one of the most difficult schedules last year. And this year, their schedule ranking is 12, but I call BS. Yes, I do. I call BS because if you look at it through a lens on, on traveling, the Raiders have the sixth-ranked most hardest schedule out of all 32 NFL teams. That's a climb up from last year. I think they were number one or number two in the most difficult schedule. I asked, how can a team – be faced with such scrutiny year after year and be um, given pretty much somewhat of a playoff death sentence with the scheduling that they're facing and the penalties they have to pay to a biased possible NFL. Uh, I'm sick of it. Sick of it. I am. I'm tired. I'm tired of tired after year in. Um, year after year, the Raiders being the NFL's doormat. And it's like a double-edged freaking sword. Like, if you take into consideration how hard their schedule is, being that they have, I think, six of their games, um, Eastern, Eastern time zone, and they all are, all are at the same time. So week two through seven is going to be a really difficult. And I believe 
is all going to rely on the first two games. The Raiders start off on the road at the Carolina Panthers. We, I'm salivating for this matchup because the Panthers are said to be or predicted to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this upcoming season and may even do a whole tank for Lawrence, you know. They're going to be bottom dwellers. So I do believe wholeheartedly that in the NFL or any sport getting off to a good start and gathering momentum early in the season is monumental. Monumental. Momentum. You pick one, bruh. (laughs) It's monumental to getting on a good start and getting the ball rolling. So I see that week one as a win. I really do. I really do. They're going to go into Carolina and show us this newfound offense with all these weapons on it. And I'm kind of serious. If, is, is Gruden going to throw away his, his love for the fullback? Because the way this wa- roster is configured, it doesn't look like it's going to have a lot of room for a fullback. And we know Gruden loves his FB, right? So we will jump into schedule later on in the show. I just wanted to just point out those couple of things. And also, in a difficult of the schedules. I was was trying to go back because week two is at home. The Raiders lost Vegas Raiders first home game in their new found home, right? That thing looked good though. It's sparkly. Um, so I've tried to see since their second game is on Monday night football at home against the saints, which will be a tall glass of water. You heard me a tall glass of water. Um, they're playing them at home in Las Vegas on a Monday night. And if they can, put two wins together and come away with that that win, it'll make weeks three through seven a lot easier and less daunting. Now, for example, if they were to lose that first game and lose that second game, it's going to be a rocky road, and I don't think that it would be feasible for the Raiders to make it to the playoffs. And that's just my take. The Network One is giving you my take. If we do not win those, at least the first one, at least, and I'm optimistic opening it up, in a, uh, a new stadium, all the mystique of Las Vegas, the city that never sleeps. There's going to be an abundance of Raiders fans traveling from Oakland, from the Bay Area, from L.A., from San Diego. If you guys don't know this, there's several teams. What is it? Four teams in California. Now, we all know it's in between the Niners and the Raiders for dominance over here. You take your Rams, you take your Chargers if you want. But I'm a barrier born and raised, you dick. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just go claim California is ran by the Niners and the Raiders, and the Raiders is no longer in California. So Niners, <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to try to edit that out. Um, but I went back to try to look and see when. Uh, what is the the all-time record for the Raiders on Monday Night Football? And that was a difficult Google search, I tell you that. I was able to come up with that um, the first 35 Monday Night Football games that the Raiders has played in their existence is 27-6-1. That is an amazing record over 35 games. I was not able to come up and find and confirm actual complete total to date and I will probably keep at it because I'm very interested not just with the Oakland I mean the Las Vegas Raiders Monday Night Football I want to see who which teams in the NFL as a whole you heard it as a whole um what their record is and where they rank uh, I I'm just curious you know I'm just curious um another thing about the schedule that is 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 perplexing me is how difficult it is and all of the primetime Las Vegas Raider football games, guess what? They're all at home. 
in a new stadium in the city that never sleeps. That is a monetary reason why that is happening. The NFL is no dummies. But look at that, y'all. Is that surprising to you guys? Um, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at the network one. It is uh, in the description. Now, I knew that this was going to happen, but I did not know this was going to happen. I just we got to say a send our condolences to Deshaun Kaiser's NFL career. Um, the young man came out of Notre Dame, had one of the more hor- horrific rookie seasons thrown into the fire down in Cleveland. I believe he was traded to Green Bay. It didn't quite work out there. Uh-uh, it didn't work out. And he ended up on the Ra- Raiders. Now, we know in the offseason, the Raiders picked up Marcus Mariota. They have Derek Carr, and they have the incumbent four interceptions and a half, I think, uh, Nathan Peterman. So I was under the impression that Peterman would be on the way out, but you know, John Gruden loves his guy. And I hope uh, Deshaun Kaiser can catch on somewhere. And I don't think it was fair that the Cleveland Browns ran him out the way he did in his first year. And I speak around, I speak about, like, I would suggest um, rookie quarterbacks don't see much action in their first year. Um, being under the pressure of pass rush and all the information they have to um, comprehend and digest in the first year, I just don't think it's, it's, it's mentally, physically, spiritually um, a positive thing to do. So the Raiders um, parted ways from Deshaun Kaiser, which I expected to come down between Kaiser and Nathan Peterman. But by getting Lynn Bowden, and I don't know how they're going to be able to use him um, with such a crowded roster. This episode, we'll be talking about roster configuration. And uh, the the Raiders has been um, some interesting shakers and movers during since the draft. Like all the undrafted free agents that they've signed. And they also signed a wide receiver from last year from their team, Elson Randall L. And I actually like this young man. I hope I said his name right. But they brought him back to a very crowded wide receiver room. So it seems to be nine to ten wide receivers fighting for six spots, and five of those spots have been taken already, or looks to have been taken. Only Camp would tell. But so we're looking at the likes of um, Nelson Aguilar, Jay Jones, Keenan Doss, who might be sent back to the practice squad because this competition in the wide receiver room is going to be brutal. Not even just there, the offensive line is bloated. The defensive uh, backfield, the secondary is bloated, and they're ki- they keep adding players. So it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be um, a dogfight come camp. And when do camp start? Anybody know that? Tweet me at that, because if I'm not um, mistaken, should we be in OTAs right now? Is OTAs a thing of the past? Will they have them? Would they be rushed? Would they be combined into camp? Because that is very important. You're, you're, you're expanding your roster. It is getting blo- bloated, and you have to – Put these players in a position where you can evaluate them in and out pass physically, mentally, and maturely. So I think that in OTAs, there's a good way to find out pecking order of who, what everybody's weaknesses and strengths are, who needs more weight development, who needs more time to mature as a young man. Those are things that are not as talked about because we look at these rookies coming to the league as grown men, finished products. That is not the case. A lot of these young men have have not um, even begun to consider anything outside of football for the last 12 years. And now they're thrust into a position of responsibility and accountability, and not everybody can handle themselves under the pressure 
of the microscope and the lens. So it's going to be really interesting how are you determining who makes it on your roster by favoritism and who you like personally because the evaluation cycle that we usually have to make these decisions, we don't have. So these decisions are going to be a lot harder and um, – I'm, I'm interested to see what effects they have and how many people are cut prematurely to end up on, a, on other squads that are and become productive. Excuse me. So that that Panthers game, I said I see is winning. Um, that Monday Night Football, I think, is a very important game. I do. I think it's a very important game. Uh, I like the fact that we have Indianapolis on our schedule because uh, the Raiders are very, very f- – familiar oh that's later in the year I skipped a lot but they're very familiar with Philip Rivers I would have to take a look back at um well um, how well they failed against him last year but he's also a player I find to be coming on the decline I'm um, proud to say the day after Christmas possibly the Raiders will be facing off against the Dolphins that's right the Dolphins let's take a look at um Josh Jacobs I've been trying to figure out a comp, a Raider comp, and I want you guys to participate if you can. Who is the a person that Josh Jacobs reminds you the most of? And I'm going to use a Raider. You can use any player, current or past, as an example. And I'm going to throw one out there to y'all. I'm going to throw one out there to y'all. But y'all might not like it. And I'm going to tell you guys why I made this comparison. I was only using Raider players, and I wanted to take a look back in history, and I want to shed a highlight onto Tyrone Wheatley. That's right, Tyrone Wheatley. Network. Why would you compare Josh Jacobs to a bruiser like Tyrone Wheatley? Hold up, bruh. Tyrone Wheatley was not just a uh, uh, um, uh, a bruiser. He was a track star. Um, his, his work of body, um, I think he was signed to the Giants, uh, was drafted by the Giants and it was a little hit or miss Rocky start of his career. And he by made his way to the Raiders and he performed well. He was one of those, one of those backs that really didn't try to go around you or make you miss. He would go through you. And it was one of those backs that didn't look the most comfortable catching the ball, but he could catch the ball and take it to the house. I think that. I'm not sure about how close they are in size, but if Josh Jacobs can give us uh, what Tyrone Wheatley did for two years, I would be very happy with that production. It looks like he's very well capable of doing that. So have a little fun with me. Who do you think or who you think is a comparison to Josh Jacobs? And if you don't like doing comparisons or you think my comparison is completely off base, tell me why. I would love to have a little banter back and forth with you. Uh, in the description notes, at the Network One or at the Back Row Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. you find me. The Network One is T-H-3-3-N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1, and it's in the description. So let's take a look further into this roster that just signed Devontae Booker. That's right. I just got excited for Devontae Booker. Um, I'm not a big fan of Rod Smith. I'm pretty sure we know what he is. Maybe he can service us as a goal line back, but I really want them carries to go to Josh Jacobs for fantasy purposes, that is. But um, they signed Devontae Booker, and I think that Devontae Booker and Josh Jacobs have very similar running styles. They both can catch the ball. Yeah, I said it. They both can catch the ball. So it looks like we're looking at a backfield of Josh Rashard, <laughs> Jacobs, Booker, if he makes the team, 
Rod Smith, and the fullback Ingold, that's a crowded backfield. I don't think everybody will make the team that I just named, and it's going to be interesting being that they signed Devontae Booker, how they plan on using Lynn Bowden Jr. It's going to be interesting because you're going to want to get uh, some production out of him. Maybe he'll be kickoff return, third downs, and maybe Jalen Rashard might be, I think they just signed him in the offseason, but his job might not be safe. We already talked about the wide receiver rooms, and we, we, we look at Josh Jacobs as a bell cow, which is far and between rare in the NFL these days. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, one thing that's, that's interesting to me is being that week two through seven is really hard. Let me just run down what the record is. If you guys, let me schedule is Panthers, Saints, okay, Patriots in New England. Bills at home, Chiefs at Arrowhead. They get a week six bye, and then they have to face Tom freaking Brady. After week seven, it gets a lot a lot lighter. They play the Browns, and the Browns, like John Eddie Jr. likes to say, is the Browns until they're not the Browns anymore. Sorry, shots fired. So they go from the Browns to the Chargers to the Broncos. You see how the schedule lightens up? And then they got to face them Chiefs again on Sunday Night Football at home. Man, NFL, you guys sure don't try to hide it, do you? That's a primetime game. I'll be looking forward to it. And then, you know, to to stay in the race with the Chiefs, they got to win at least one of them games. They just can't let the Chiefs come and just walk all over them with their walking stick. You feel me? So after the, the Chiefs, there's the Falcons, Jets, Colts, Chargers again. And then the Dolphins and Broncos. I like the second half of the season a lot better. So gathering the momentum in the beginning of the year is highly important if the Raiders don't want to stumble when it comes to week eight um, with a losing record facing the Browns looking like a wounded duck from the previous weeks. It's just not going to bode well. So um, that was pretty much our our schedule, uh, a show. I will keep my ears peeled. Let me take a look around. Oh, something else I wanted to talk about is – some of these undrafted free agents, their 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 record of work, their body of work, when I go look them up and see what they did at a collegiate level, like all these guys are studs, studs. You know, when you get you get in high school and you have um, potential, you're a stud. You get in college and you may have may get knocked back down to t- totem pole, but you get to that pinnacle of where you're a stud again. And then you get to the NFL and you're possibly, no offense, you're a no name. Like some of these people, they were signing them like, I'm, I've never heard of them. I go look at their their stats and what they did in college. And it's it's alarming that some of these kids went undrafted. I'm like, they're just numbers on a piece of paper on a, on a monitor in front of me. But they look amazing. I check out some highlights. They look amazing. So I'll allow these players to make names for themselves. But if you guys get a chance, go look at some of the stats of these players that are being um, signed to these teams that went undrafted. You will be amazed. Um, other than that, uh, we have 13, 13 shows on the Back Row Network, and they are amazing. If if you have a favorite team or if you just love listening to podcasts, check out some of these shows. Let me see if I can get you what teams we have. And all you would have to do is just go ahead and check it out. It's all the Back Row, and then it's the name of the team you want. And the 13 teams that we do have, let me get these out here for you. We got the Browns, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants, the Jets, Packers, Patriots, Raiders, myself, Ravens, Steelers, and Texans. 
You see somebody you want to represent? Are you a fan or a fanatic? Let us know at the Back Row Network. Please do. Please do. If you guys have any questions or would like to be uh, quoted on the podcast, just at the Network One. We'll get you on. And a very shout out. Thanks to all the family at the Back Row Network. And check them all out. Shout out to everybody over on Twitch. This video will, this podcast will not have a video. I'm not feeling too well, so I decided to just go ahead and drop out a podcast just like this, just like this. We'll be back with episode five in video format, and we'll figure out which one works best. You dig? I think that'll be all for today. Let me know how you feel. You guys stay safe. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. I have almost forgot. I almost forgot. So um, I, I made a blooper. I made a blooper, you guys. Yes, I did. You know what I did? Um, do it. We got a lot of times on our hand um, during the pandemic, and I, I made a backyard project, and I have a lot of bamboo in my backyard as a privacy screen, and I have to trim it twice a year or I would take out my fence. I did not take in consideration the pandemic, and we have a local zoo. Shout out to Oakland Zoo, Nolan Zoo. It's getting pretty hit hard with the pandemic being that there is no tourists and no customers, no patronage. So they're having a hard time feeding their animals. I did not think about it to the next day after I cut all my bamboo down. So now it is in my backyard, in my lawn, dying. I emailed the zoo and they have not yet gotten back to me, but I would have preferred to wait to do my bamboo, contact the zoo, and they wouldn't cut it for you, but they'll come pick it up. No phone. I should have muted that. Sorry about that. Um, so just be wise. Um, think about your actions before you do it. Um, on top of the fact that I was not able to contribute something that is like yard waste to me at this point upsets me. Not only for the fact it's sitting in my backyard still because they would have picked it up. But I could have we, we could have as a community, as a household fed. I don't know how many giraffes or I don't know what eats bamboo leaves or whatnot but i think i'm right so be mindful what you're doing with your yard work and your time and try to help um your your local communities the best way possible during this time i want to get that out there and share that um i hope you guys don't mind but that was my fail okay that'll be all this will be a short cast today until next time you guys stay safe and get ready for some football let go Oh, I did not have a out cued. Let's go.